Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. My name is Ron Humiston. I'm your host. As always, we're joined once again with Pastor Nick. We're sitting down doing the breakdown. It looks a little bit different. Uh, no, we don't have a new studio. No. No, it's not even a new set design. Uh, Pastor Nick and I are actually in Vancouver, Washington, recording this as we speak. Uh, we left last week, um, last Friday, mm-hmm. and came up here just uh, learning and growing uh, from a church up here, gleaning as much information. We've been in meetings all day today. We literally got out of the meeting. It was like, oh, we got to record the breakdown. <laughs> we got to go. And they said, hey, do you want to use the studio? It's soundproof. It works. And it's like, absolutely. It so, was this or a hotel. Yeah. And this is much better. <laughs> and we have no camera equipment. We left that all back in Missouri. So we're recording off uh, off my phone. And so, it's working well. It works great. <laughs> Thank you for having Grace as we do this. So He was actually mad. He's like, we have all that equipment. And look, it actually like, looks good. The lighting, good. the back, all this. It's like, yeah, two dudes just well, sitting on a couch talking about the go. Lord. Let's go. Well, <laughs> hey, we're excited. We're going to do the breakdown from Pastor Sean's message this past mm. Sunday. If you haven't listened or watched to it, one, we'll link those in the show notes. And two, remember, that's not a requirement. Um, you're not going to necessarily miss out on anything. The breakdown is standalone. If yep. you have watched it or you want to watch it, go ahead and then come back. This is just uh, more fodder. Uh, this is a, this is another step in growing in your faith as we uh, as we challenge each other, as we dig into scripture. And so, Pastor Sean uh, continued in our study through Revelation. So we're we're going to pick up in Revelation chapter two. The first seven verses of Revelation um, is what Pastor. Sean, oh, I almost said Pastor Nick, because I'm so used to you preaching, um, is what Pastor Sean preached on the letter to the church at Ephesus. Yeah. And so uh, just something that we're going to start doing more and more. uh, If you're new, we started last week with it. We want to read the text um, so that everyone has a contextual understanding of where we're coming from, what we're talking about. So Pastor Nick is going to read the text, and then we're just going to dive right into the breakdown. Here we go. Verse one. So to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write... The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, but you have not grown weary. But I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Mm. The best reading ever. Let's, that was, that <laughs> was awesome. Um, okay, so the first thing, uh, we sat down and we watched first service online. Together. Together. So that was just a cool experience for our online community to, like, for me as the online pastor, to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm interested, uh, because you weren't the one that spoke, yeah. what stood out to you? This oh. is a different This is a different position for you to be in. Yeah. So a couple things, uh, especially with those that, yeah, I write this down. A couple things, especially with those that come to Calvary, mm-hmm. you know, 
once everybody knew that it wasn't me and Pastor Sean was preaching, um, the flood of encouragement that came <laughs> to my cell phone mid-service. He hasn't even landed the plane. He hasn't even got through his points yet. Really Man, Sean's doing such a great job. And then one of you little dirty rotten I was, I was hoping you'd bring yes, this up. Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's so funny because in, in our culture of uh, being the body of Christ, of church culture, one of the things is we can't just say, hey, Pastor Sean did a good job. Or, hey, you're doing a great job at that. We can't do that. No, 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 no. We got to put somebody down. And we'll be like, oh, Nick, you don't have to come back. We're perfectly fine just to have Pastor Sean every week. Well, God bless you too. You know? <laughs> no. And that's what you want, right? Because what you don't want is a flood of texts that are coming in like, what were you thinking? This guy is horrible. No. Sean does a great job bringing mm, in the word. Yeah. And, and, and I always say it this way. So however they want to give the compliment, we are so blessed that this person who has the the quality and the capability to bring a word on a Sunday morning mm. is preaching and teaching and leading our students, mm -hmm. you know? And so that same quality where Sean could be a lead pastor of his own church, you know, he has called his students uh, for this season of his life. Mm -hmm. Who knows what the Lord wants to do with them, but that's what's cool. Because sometimes, you know, some churches, they won't even let their youth pastor touch the microphone, you know? It's like, we won't even let you in the sanctuary, <laughs> let alone on the stage. Um, but for Sean to be able to bring such a strong word that edifies the whole body mm. and say, yeah, and that's our youth guy, you know, mm -hmm. like that's a blessing, you know, even for us in a mid uh, level size church to have the bullpen uh, for the pulpit that we have, yeah. it really is, really is a blessing so that I can step away and be at things like this. But, but watching, I think one of the key things is to understand, um, and this might be really not a whole lot to do with the sermon, but as there was encouraging text messages coming in, as I'm listening to Sean, just, you know, knock it out of the park. Mm. Um, you don't always have to be the guy, yeah. you know, just like the, and, and Sean doesn't have to feel like, oh, sorry, you get the youth pastor today or sorry, it's me. Like, no, God can use anybody that he wants. And, and for Sunday, Sean was God's man with a good word, you know, and it doesn't have to be me. I need to get out of the way. And that's not just when I'm on the pulpit and on stage in Sunday mornings. I need to get out of the way even when I'm not there. Like it, I need to be able to hand it off. And so I think it was just a reminder uh, holistically just to me, like it's not about me. It's about the Lord. It's not about me. It's about God using all of the giftings of the body um, to move the ministry that he has for us forward, mm. you know, which is probably going to tie back into more probably the end of this podcast, just knowing where Pastor Sean went uh, with the sermon. Um, and so I think that's always fun. And, and it's different styles. That was something me and you talked about in the hotel room yeah. Sunday morning was just, you know, <laughs> between Sean, Jerron, myself, we all have different styles. And that's, and that's good. That's healthy for the body where you know, hey, you're the lead pastor, you're gonna be in the pulpit, you're the guy, but to sprinkle and to splash you guys in yeah. with your different styles, uh, that's good. It's almost like a palate cleanser and that you guys see things in the word, you know, cause honestly I would have went a different direction, yep. um, but that's not what the Lord needed for us. Yeah. You know, what the Lord needed for us is what Sean brought. 
And, and that's always good to see as well. So the second time we go through the book of Revelation, um, hopefully I get Revelation 2, 1 to 7, and I can, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, 900 years ago. Um, we're not doing we're, Revelation a third time. We're not. <laughs> Try the line you're gonna, two. You're gonna, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, the no third one time, cares what I it's think. All I'm nope, it's I'm, all Jerron. It's all Jerron. There we go. So, no, that was really good to me. Um, and I think, especially when you're looking at the church in Ephesus, it was the only church that Paul wrote to and that John wrote to, mm. you know. Um, and, and obviously, John's just writing what Jesus said. So me and Sean were kind of joking, and I think he said this in the sermon, like, uh, I've even seen the reel where it's like, oh, the church in America, what if we were to get a letter from Paul? Mm. <laughs> like, hey, things aren't going well. Open up your Bible. Yeah. And it's like, imagine that. But imagine if Jesus wrote mm. us a letter. Like, that's the one. It's like, you open it. No, I'm, I'm not, not opening it. it. You open it. Mm -mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -mm. So that's, um, and so thinking of Ephesus, you know, John's writing to a specific church there in Asia. I think John, or John, Sean did a great job understanding of, uh, we're in modern day Turkey mm -hmm. right now. Um, and he's writing to a specific church. And so we read it just like we would read the epistle of Ephesians or Philippians or Colossians. Like it's written to a specific church, but what can we glean? How is it to the edification, the encouragement, the correction of the whole body? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really key when you see, and I love that Sean just hammered down this point very well. Um, he, verse seven, he who has an ear, let him hear with the mm -hmm. spirit, capital S, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, says to the churches if it was only to the church in ephesus i i think john would have wrote it a little bit differently where we we definitely know that there was house churches and and that definitely fits within the context so it wasn't just like one church in the city but there was a lot of different house churches but you know god is about working uh in and through the church capital mm. c and so even though this was written to a specific church at that time Hey, what can we glean and what can we understand and remember uh, even for us today? Individually, just as followers of Jesus, I think there's a word there for us. But even for us as like Calvary, mm -hmm. I think there's a word. Yeah. You know, so just I loved all those little kind of nuanced points that Shauna hit on so that when we got to the main meat of the message, you couldn't be like, ah, that's not for me. That was all past tense and take a preterist view. Yeah. Nor is it like super symbolic and no, 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 like what's the spirit saying to us today? Yeah. Like where do we as followers of Jesus living around the Lake of the Ozarks, even if we're away and watching online, what, what does the spirit want us to hear? What does he want to see uh, in our lives? What kind of faith and obedience and trust uh, is he calling us to? And so that's, that's where I loved. Then when we got into the meat of the message, we don't have to argue those finer things like, hey, what's the response that God wants from us in this? And what's cool to kind of take that even further, yeah. um, knowing that there's, there's information, there's things for us to glean from. Um, and, and I love, I love hard hitting messages, especially when I'm not the one on the stage that has to say it. Yeah. It's always good when you say it, when, when Pastor Sean shows it, he walked into the studio this week, he says, can I say this? And I'm like, absolutely. Bring you say whatever it. you Let's want. Go. It's not on me. Um, we won't even be in the state, exactly right. They burn it down. We're safe. <laughs> we're, we're 1200 miles away. Um, but even the way that he, um, unapologetically talked about our calling mm -hmm. and our love and our response 
um, and, and the why behind, you know, why we answer. And if you have seen it, the section where you talked about like, oh, why do you serve in cow kits? Yeah. That oh, be, because there's a need. Yeah. Oh, well, why do you, why are you a life? Why do you host a life group? Oh, because I have a big enough house to let yeah. people. It's like, that's, that's the wrong why. Mm -hmm. Like the why is because the Lord has called me to serve. Mm -hmm. Like I, I am required to serve. And so e even taking that, that view extent to us now, knowing that it's for mm. us today, that there is stuff for us to glean, not to be like, oh, that's not for us. Therefore, yeah. I don't have to step into these uncomfortable things. That was so helpful. And yeah. I think um, that's helpful for us as believers individually. Mm -hmm. um, but to take that a step further, I think that's helpful, like you said, for us as a church, yeah. as, as Calvary, whether, whether we're on campus or online, like the community that we call Calvary, mm -hmm. there is a call that God has placed on our lives for us to continually take a next step. Yeah. And the language that you've used before is the depth that you want to take your faith. The Lord is going to, to continue increasing that depth. You're never going to find the bottom. Yeah. You're never going to walk into the deep end and swim down and go, Oh, well, I've learned as much knowledge as I can. Like I have reached the pinnacle of understanding. Like we could do revelation 25 times. And we're going to continue to learn yeah. on the 25th times this, the 25th time the spirit is going to continue. If that's a yeah. desire of our heart to step into the uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, to reveal to us those things. And so for me, just sitting there, um, there, there was some things the Lord was already stirring in my heart yeah. and to hear like, Ooh, even as a pastor, as a staff member of Calvary, is that my why? Yeah. Or is my why like, oh, well, I get paid to do it, so I have to do it. Like, yeah. no, no, I'm called to do it. Therefore, I want to answer that call. I just have the honor and privilege of leading a yeah. church and getting paid for it. And it was, you know, even to take it uh, in a kind of a different direction, too. For me, what was fun. So we woke up Sunday um, because of the two-hour time change, super early for us. We're watching 8 o'clock service uh, <coughs> at 6 in the morning. Yep. Uh, and... And we're hearing Sean talking about, you know, your why is broken, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, we get that good word, strong, encouraging, you know, to really evaluate, even for us in ministry, mm -hmm. full-time vocational yep. ministry, why am I doing this? Yep. Like, and I heard a horrible quote that was super like, ooh, that just hurts. Are you uh, tell us? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Okay. I was trying to build suspense right there. Sorry. That was a thematic Thing I was doing right there. there you go. I ruined it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've messed it no. up. So I heard this quote, this pastor who, I don't know how he was like an online community thing, uh, a community thread that he was speaking and it was like anonymously. He was like, hey, I'm a pastor of a church and I do not believe in God. I'm just really good at him. You know? And like, so if anybody oh. qualified for having a broken why, so it was a, wow. yeah, it was like, so even for us in vocational ministry, why do we do this? Cause I'm really good at church. Cause I don't want to like a real job. And we joke about that. Like, Oh, you only work one day a week. Yeah. I wish. I you know? Yeah. Burgers or oh my stack. goodness. Yeah. And I've said that, like, I, I would love to do anything else, but I can't do anything else. Thank the Lord that I love what I do, though. Absolutely. Like, I can't do anything, but because of him and his grace and his love and his mercy, yeah. he has poured into my heart to love ministry. But, like, it, what's my why? Is my why for anything that we do at the church? Let it be 
uh, big Sundays, events, ministries that we have. What's our why? Even in vocational ministries, it broke. Like, do are we passionate to see the Lord transform lives and to move through us as a church to love Him, love others, and impact the, the world and and the lake community? Or are we just really good at Him? You know. And where's our so so we're hearing that word, and I'm thinking of that even for my own heart vocationally as a lead pastor. And then we come here, uh, and the <laughs> I was already thinking, yeah, about it. exactly. And we come here, and the lead pastor is walking through the last verse of Psalm 23, and he talks about finding your home in the Lord. Like, surely mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And he's like, I want you to abide in Christ and find your love, find your home in him. And like, I just, so just hearing these two really good words, like Psalm 23, six and revelation two, one to seven, you know, don't have a broken why. Yeah. So where's my why? My why is I'm abiding in Christ. I find my home in him. Mm -hmm. And so just walking away uh, from being on campus here in Vancouver, going back to the hotel, just having the the fullness of the morning, not just being here, but even being in the hotel, listening to Pastor Sean, like that was an encouraging morning, just in the word, how you would think like, you know, you would never like who, who really thinks about like, all right, Revelation 2, Psalm 23, mm. let's pull these together. But Those again, can't possibly go together. Yeah, but it's all Christ-centered. Yeah, you know, all the word is is to the glory and the exaltation of the Lord, yeah. and it is Christ-centered. And so, uh, the same for us. Like, am I, you know, so there's different ways. Am I finding my home in Jesus? Is He my why? So everything mm. that I do, why do I want to be uh, a follower of Jesus? Because of Him. Because I understand his grace, his yep. mercy, what he did for me at the cross and the resurrection. Like, he's my wife. Why do I want to be a, a good husband and love my wife well? Be because him. You know, he sets the example. He is the bridegroom. To me, to us as the church, is the bride. Why do I want to be a good father to my kids? Because he is a good, good father. Mm -hmm. Like, he knows how to give good gifts, you know. And he's solid in his character. He doesn't change. He's not belittling he he's not bitter he's not angry towards us as disobedient children like yeah. he is a graceful faithful loving father and so he is my why because that is who he is mm -hmm. like i want to be that i want to be christ-like not just to the person pumping gas to it you know the walmart gas station i want to be christ-like to those in every sphere of influence of my life why because he is my why you know, because I have found my home in Christ. I want to abide in him. So not only he is the the object, but he's also the subject. He's the motivation in all of it yeah. because of who he is. And so I think that was just a really cool word just to hear two totally different churches, two totally, totally different passages. Same movement of the Spirit. Same movement of the Spirit. Same Lord. So. Well, even even as we talked about, like I shared when we first dove into Revelation, my, my own trepidation and nervousness yeah. for a variety of reasons. And so for me, you know, we, we've covered all of chapter one mm -hmm. and the first seven verses of chapter two. And, and I've walked away um, going, holy cow, that that is for me. That is a good word. The Lord is doing something when my whole preconceived notion and idea of revelation yeah. had been 
Doom and Gloom, <laughs> End Times, yep. Weird Beast, in a, which we'll get there. Don't worry. We'll oh, get there. We will yes, absolutely we will. get there. But, but like, I, I believed in a lie or I believed in, in the world's definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I allowed that to define my view of scripture mm. instead of allowing scripture to define my view of the world. Ooh, yeah. That's um, good. And, and, and how often we do that where we let the world define, um, instead of letting scripture define, like yeah. we, we need to see the world through the lens mm-hmm. uh, of God through his scripture yeah. and not vice versa. Cause how many times do we look at the world around us and we think that's more reality than the truth of God's word? Yep. You know, it's like, no, this is reality. God's words is, you know, we wouldn't say it out loud, but in our hearts, there's times it's like, we're doubting. It's this mythical, mystic misunderstanding, like, mm-hmm. but this is reality. And it's like, no, like the word of God is our reality. And we don't, we don't look at the word from the world. We need to look um, at the world from the word. Yeah. You know, and that's, that is what's needed in our life. And so, no, it's good. I think it's a good challenge for us um, because God still has purpose for us here. Yeah. You know, like that's the, we, we joke about it when we talk, uh, let it be baptism or like if there, if there was no purpose to our, the rest of our lives as believers, then we would just hold you under at baptism until the bubble stops. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> Good grief. I mean, <laughs> if the, if the <laughs> only goal was to get you saved and baptized, not that baptism saves you, but like, Done, we'll see you in heaven. Yeah. Like we would just hold you under, like okay. drink the Kool-Aid and we'll all go. What? What I say? Not that it's... I can't say it. No, you can't. Drink the Kool-Aid, right? <sighs> I like Kool-Aid. I wonder if it'd be grape, orange, or red. Remember the rabbit trails we talked about? The is that, this is that one, one of those? This okay. is one of those rabbit trails. But God has purpose for our lives. Yeah. And that's what we, we can't forget. So when we give our life to the Lord and we're baptized and, and now we start that process of sanctification and serving and walking in obedience to the Lord, that's a commencement like, mm-hmm. I love when graduation ceremonies are called commencement because it, we're not celebrating what you have finished. Mm. We're celebrating what is about to begin in your life. Yeah. You know, so salvation isn't the end of something. It it's is. The it's end. the end of your BC life. It's the end of sin and shame and guilt and all of that. But it's a commencement of the new life in Christ. And sometimes I think we just tell our testimonies wrong where we focus too much on the end of something, but we don't look at the commencement of something new. We don't look at the world now from the reality of the truth of God's word. That's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a process. Like we're all still there. We're still in process. But I think, I think, and what the danger can be and what Sean was talking about with any of us, and this is what John is writing from what Jesus said to, to the Ephesians church, to the church in Ephesus, is you, you kind of missed it a little bit. Mm. Like you had it at the beginning. Like now you were in this sweet spot. You were right where you needed to be. And God was going to grow and move you. But now you've kind of, and if you look at the end of verse 4, you've abandoned mm. the love you had at first. You know, we got to think of this commencement where, um, like, I don't, how many times do you think every day about your graduation from high school? Rarely. 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 You know what's crazy? Do you know who my commencement speaker was at my high school graduation? Who? My senior pastor when I was a youth pastor at Grace. 
I graduated with his uh, okay, daughter that's right. and niece, and he spoke. I even remember what he talked about. He used oh, the remember. story of Jack and Jill going up the hill, and it was... Fetch a pail of water. Oh, it was hilarious. And he's like, <laughs> they didn't go up there for some hanky-panky, and... Oh, yeah, he said that. <laughs> I love it. I'm sitting on the track at Savannah High School on a metal chair, listening to my... Gonna be a pastor in... Let's think. I It would have been a decade. Because I was about 29 when I started at Grace as their youth pastor. Wow. So in a decade, that was going to be my boss. I wasn't even really walking with the Lord at that time. Like, I was lost as an Easter egg and, like, <laughs> did not care. And it's like, that dude was going to be my boss one day. And so, but, like, how many times do we think of our commencement, you know, with graduation? I don't. Uh, I don't think about my commencement from Bible college or seminary. Like, yep. Um, every once in a while, maybe you see like a picture of like, oh yeah, that was a cool day. But like what we as believers, we can't lose sight of our commencement. We can't lose sight of our salvation, Mm -hmm. you know? And if we lose sight of our salvation, we're going to lose sight of the anchor of our lives. And that is the Lord, Mm -hmm. not our salvation, but the savior. And, and this is an issue that can happen. And, And we say that why? Because it has happened. And so we, what we can never say is, oh, that'll never happen to me. Yeah, just it's probably it, gonna happen with you when yeah, you say that. Yeah, when you say that, just give it time, and it'll happen every time. And this is where this church in Ephesus was. They've abandoned the love that they had at first. And you know, I think Sean did a great job talking. Is that like love for God? Is that passion and priority? Yep. Is that love for others? Yep. Mm-hmm. You you lost the love of God uh, vertically with Him, and I think horizontally to those around you. You just you just lost the agape love of God, period. And so the the call to them is remember. Well, remember what? From where you have fallen. Well, where mm-hmm. did you fall from? Your commencement. You fell from yeah. your salvation. You fell from your beginning. Like never like when we when we come to the Lord at salvation, completely broken, completely uh, have exhausted all of our ability and and strength, and we come to a complete brokenness before the Lord, and it and we say to Him, "I am nothing. You are everything. You did everything for me. I bring nothing to the table." It's like that's the best place that we can be. Yeah. And one of the things that I appreciated that just by the work of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. worked out that uh, it just so happened for us. Sean got to do communion. Like it just oh. fell on communion. And so talking about remember yep. and then tying that into communion going like for for us as believers, communion is a moment to pause and to look back and remember what Christ did for us on the cross. And that without that, we have no reason mm-hmm. to live this life. Yeah. And that's what Paul says to I'm going to quote Galatians now in Galatians 3, 3. And um, I kind of even paraphrase it, but. Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Mm. Meaning like why this whole thing, the commencement of our, of our walk with Christ is always been done by a work of the spirit. Why are we trying to continue or finish or move on in, in our flesh and our ability? It started with the spirit. Like if, if the spirit of God started all of this, continue in the spirit. Yeah. And I think that's where John is is writing, you know, Revelation 2, looking at that church saying, "Hey, you 
you fell from that place that you started. Well, where did you fall from? The Spirit. You, you know, now did they lose their salvation or not? What we definitely know... Season three of the podcast. Season three we'll, of the we'll, podcast. We'll jump into that. Yeah. <laughs> what we definitely know is they're, they're hindering mm. what God wants to do in and through them. Yeah. Not in, in ministries, in works, in their toil, but in their love. And Sean, I think, mentioned 1 Corinthians 13. If you don't have love, you're just a noisy gong. Mm. You're just making a bunch of noise. But that's... And so understand the focus. Where's the priority that God has for our lives? Love for him and love for others. Well, I got to do this and do that. Are, are you trying to finish in the flesh what began in the spirit? Mm. Because a lot of times when we listen to the spirit, that's we're, we're not going to be able to carry out the desires of our flesh. And the desires of our flesh, a lot of times we think of those are the sinful things. Yeah. No, there's there's things I wish I wish we could do in ministry. Like, oh, this would be so cool if we could. Yeah, but that's not what the Lord has for us. Mm. You know, like we we have to stay walking by the Spirit, being filled by the Spirit, being Spirit led. Understand what do you have for us, not what do I want for the church. Mm. And so remember from where we've fallen. Remember that love of God. Repent. Change of direction. It's a it's a mind change. It's a life change. So, like, you're going to have to stop doing some of the things that you're doing. Well, this is good ministry, is it? It's not good ministry if it's not what the Lord has for you. Oh. No, no matter oh. how many people it impacts, if God doesn't have that for you, that's not a good ministry. But it's, it's growing the church. It's bringing people to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And? Mm-hmm. Is it though? Is it really bringing people to the Lord? What are you winning them? What you win them with, you win them to. Yeah. And and it, and and a lot of times we have to understand that might not be our fight. That's not what God has for us. And so yeah. remember from where you've fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. You know. And I think walking in obedience to God. I think one of my favorite lines is, "We're never more like Jesus than when we serve one another." And if we serve one another, that is an outflowing of our love for God and our love for others. Because it's really difficult to become less mm. and elevate others. Yeah. And our heart and our mind because pride and selfishness. But that only happens out of a love for God. So when people who have no means to repay us or they have no reason of why would you do this for me? You're right. You have no reason of why I would do this for you because my reason, my why, is the Lord. Yeah. And and that's the beautiful thing. So when our why is broken, what we're trying to do is replace the Lord with what we would want to see. Mm. We're, we're our our why is not just broken; it's heretical. It's taking the place Ooh. of the Lord. Like it's we. And this is going to be right here. Let's just talk about vocationally ministry, right? Vocational ministry. It can become an idol of Jesus. Like our ministry can become an idol that separates us from Jesus. Because we idolize the ministry mm -hmm. and what we want. But what we don't want is to repent and do the works that we did at first. And here's the great reality of that. If we're not willing to, like you said at the very beginning of the intro, mm -hmm. if we're not willing to let go and lay down, that that's the biggest 
yellow flag, red flag, pick yep. whatever color you want. Like, mm-hmm. and like, I'm guilty of that, you know, like yep. if the Lord is calling me to lay down something to, to love his bride, to, mm-hmm. to serve his church, which is to serve his people, to love them yeah. um, with asking nothing in return. And, and I'm constantly, going, I'm not ready to give that up or that's not, no, no, no. Like that's, that's something I need to lay down. Yeah. That, that's something that's most likely become an idol. Because that's where, you know, so I love that three little three little words that you can use there. So remember, repent, and then do the works you did at first, return. Mm. You know, think of that prodigal son. He's eating the pods and the pigsty, and he remembers his dad. And then he repents. I could go back to him. Yeah. And I could, and a lot of times we'll do this. Oh, I could go back to him as a servant, and I could work for him. And so he returns, but he wanted to return under different circumstances. But the father never let go mm. of the sonship. The son let go of the father, but the father never let go of the son. And so he tried to return something different. It's like, nope, the father always lifted the son back up to his rightful place in sonship in that. Mm. And so, you know, so he who has an ear, let him hear and 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 so if we can listen to this to the one who conquers i will grant to eat the tree of life which is in the paradise of god conquers what what what's he referring to to the one who conquers every time you think of conquering okay we have this enemy we have this thing that's moving against us from this for me it's myself hmm i can't i can't blame this on Oh, I'm just under attack from the enemy. No, I'm just being stupid at times. I'm listening to my flesh and my heart. Mm. I'm trying to finish what the Spirit has begun by the flesh and my own wisdom and my my own education or yeah. my own training. Ooh. It's not other people. Oh, if I just had more volunteers, then my ministry would be better. If I just had more friends, then my life would be better. If I just had a boyfriend, if I just had a girl, if I was just married, if I was just this, that, we're always going to find something. No, that's not it. If if I would just walk Mm. in obedience with the Lord, if I would just walk, if I would remember that love that I had at first, if I would just walk in that, that's what's going to cause me to conquer myself that's where i can come to a place of sacrifice Mm. and and think how did jesus conquer the same cross of crucifixion which was his exaltation was the cross of sacrifice and so if we want to conquer in our lives it is john 3 30 we must decrease we must um, follow jesus and what's matthew 16 tell us to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. And so if we, if we want to conquer in our lives, it is the road of sacrifice that we must take as followers of Jesus. To die to self daily. And I think that's where Paul, and I think that's what Paul came to, to live as Christ and to die as gain. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Because if I live as Christ, people see Christ in me. And, and with I, my words and actions. Yeah. And if I die... I'm They're still going to see Christ, and I'm literally going to be with him. Mm-hmm. And even your your death, your physical death, could be a legacy. Because think of how many times we do that. Mm-hmm. We think of somebody who just lived faithfully unto the Lord, and they even lived a, a life of persecution, mm-hmm. suffering, and martyrdom. And, and still their story is 
used in a powerful way and just like that legacy of their life and yeah. of their death yep. that is still impacting people today, even though they're not here, yep. but their legacy lives on. And Carries it's on. like, why, why wouldn't I want that with my life? Because I don't want to conquer. Because I don't want to walk sacrifice. And the thing I think of in our world today, in our culture, everyone's vying for their life to have meaning and to matter. How many times, do, like even outside the church, do we see that? Like, oh yeah, you know, like, oh, I just, I want my life to matter. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I want my life to have meaning. Yeah. Jesus. And especially with this, uh, like millennials, you know, I think I'm a millennial. Are you a millennial? Yep. Okay. Especially with millennials, you know, if they're, look, they're, they're doing a lot of studies in the, in the work job culture, um, the business, uh, secular business world and working with millennials and there's a struggle uh, from the older generation with millennials because they just we just think differently like I'm a millennial by like four days I think um, but a lot of them you know they they get into these great companies they're they're at the lower end of the the totem pole because they just got in they got entry-level jobs and after six months and I'm quoting somebody else at this so this is not original and after six months in the job they quit or they're walking away or they're dissatisfied because they don't feel like that they're making an impact mm-hmm like you've only had the job six months, you know, even, even here, we have, we have interviewed so many staff members on campus at this church. And the one thing that we have to remember is this did not happen overnight. <laughs> like, so I'm going to wake up tomorrow and just, yeah. yeah. Some of these people were pushing what they probably felt was an, an, an immovable boulder of ministry for years before they got to this area of, of, of health and strength and stability and momentum, this did not happen overnight. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves, yeah. you know, like it, it's going to be a process where, okay, well, I give my life to the Lord and I want my life to have a massive impact. Dig into the word then. Dig into prayer. Dig into the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Grow and mature yourself. We need that season of training and maturing, which is which is honestly continuous. Uh, if we ever think, oh, I, I don't need any maturing, that actually shows how immature that we are. Um, but, and so, but we need that season to get to a, to a certain place where God can really use us. But if we just, after six months, it's like, ah, I just want my life to have a purpose and I'm not making a purpose or I'm not making an impact. Well, what's that mean? What's an impact even mean? Yeah. And that's, that's part of the sanctification process. It's just that. It's a process. It's it's not, you know, and so many times we think about that. Like, oh, I got saved. I was dirty. Now I'm clean. Mm-hmm. The end. And, like, let's talk it. Let's say let, when we have young people and the stats are out there, the, the, the broad brush, the church, like, attendance, different things like that is struggling. Church attendance is down. Like, yeah these young believers or these young people that want their lives to make an impact, it is making an impact in the church. But not not positive. Mm-hmm. Because they they don't want to mm-hmm. come alongside it. They don't want to they don't want to conquer. They don't and I get it because I'm that way. Yep. I call that Tuesday. You know, but I have to remind myself it is not about me. That my life is making an impact and and faithfully serving, leading surrendering my life to Jesus, being mm-hmm. led by the Spirit, that is an impact. That's good. Even if the church never grows bigger. Oh. Even if I never get a better position. That's something to chew on. 
because we want the Lord to work on our definition of impact. We want the Lord to work on our definition of success. We want the Lord to work on our definition of faithfulness. He's like, yeah, you walked away from your first love. Hmm. Hey, welcome to The Breakdown. We are on site in Vancouver, Washington. So glad that you have joined us. It's my line. You can't Jerome's going to say a bunch of really cool stuff right now as he's wrapping up. And he'll say, you know what? That feels like a good spot for us to stop at right now. And some other things about if you want to watch us on social media or share it with your friends. But after a word like that, you'll be like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sharing that. I'm not even going to listen to that again. <laughs> Like, I hope they just stay in Washington. We really hopefully Bigfoot just grabs them and drowns them in the ocean. You you covered like ninety percent. I was hoping you just kick it all and I just I don't even it. know the specific. I just hear it every time we do yeah, this. You do. So, what else you got for us? Kevin? Uh you were so close. It, it's hey, thanks for thanks oh, for okay. listening and watching. Thanks Thank for you. tuning in. Yep. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting Amen. platform, we we honestly do gratefully appreciate that you uh, sit down and spend a portion of your time and invest in listening to two yahoos <laughs> talk about our lives and the rabbit trails as we work through the sanctification process together Amen. as individuals, um, as as believers, as a church. And so uh, each and every week we do this, usually around uh, Tuesday, uh, we'll drop the latest episode. We'll do episode was four next week. Was this three? This is three. Whatever episode, I think it's three. Next Above week. my pay grade. Next week, I think is four. If I'm wrong, just, just know we're counting up. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll do that next week. A couple things you could do to help us as we close. Number one, if you're not subscribed either on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform, go ahead and subscribe now. Uh, we're trying to do a lot of social content. And so anything that you see, we would love for you to share. Um, not to platform us or make a name for us, but because uh, we, we truly want to use... Uh, the gifts that God has for us and the technology and the areas that he's given for us as ministry because yeah. Sunday's good, but there's six other days that ministry happens, and yeah. this is one of the ways that we're engaged in that. And then uh, we just want to be a resource for people in their walk with Christ. Yeah. And even in your ministry. So if it's something that hits your heart or if, or if someone in your life, like you get hit with like, oh, man, so-and-so needs to hear this, like that's that we just want to be a resource to you. Yeah. So. That's good. But uh, for now, we're going to turn it off. We're going to head back to, uh, what are we doing? We're doing dinner. Head back to the hotel. Get some food. Something like that. And uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. We'll be back at home, back in the in studio. Missouri, yeah. Excited to see uh, our church family. Excited Amen. to see people. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back in the studio next week. But for now, see you guys. Thanks for listening and watching.